Beloved, I am going to kind of sort of continue uh, my theme from this morning, this being the new year. Um, Mr. Joy Williams, who's always astute and very observant, he come up to me this evening and said, Man, the sermon you preached this morning was the best one you've preached all year. So, <laughs> Actually, brother, I was not that satisfied with it because I was hurting and I, I, I kind of messed up in some areas, and I don't like to do that. I, I try to study my lesson sufficiently where I, I don't have to do that. But anyway, uh, see what we can do tonight, okay? And I want to talk about three searching words for the new year. Again, this is along the theme of, we talked this morning about taking inventory, you know, and, and, um, and, and so there's three words that if, if we want to do that, if we want to move forward and do better and, and be better this year than we were last and grow in our spiritual life, there's three things that we need to do. They're very, um, they sound a lot alike. There's retrospection, right? Introspection and prospection, all right? And uh, we're going to be describing these and looking at these and the lesson to be yours because at the first of each year, of course, we know it's a good time to kind of stop and think and reflect and, and, and to say, you know, how did I do last year and what progress did I make? Pro- maybe what progress did I not make in certain areas, you know? I want to grow. And, and uh, brethren, it's good to look at that and it's good to take an honest assessment and it's okay to be happy and, and, and feel good about the progress you have made in, in the Lord. You know, it's good to do that. But at the same time, we want to be careful not to be complacent and not to get satisfied. Brethren, we never arrive in the Lord. We've always, we said this morning that, that there's always room for improvement. It doesn't matter if we live to be 105 and still have our mind about us, our facilities about us. We, there's always room for improvement. And so the first one of nine is retrospection, okay? And all of these we're going to give Scripture for, of course. But that means, as we say, <clears throat> you all have used that word sometime. Well, in retrospect, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I hadn't have done that. It means to look backward, to contemplate the past, okay? Um, And sometimes it's good to look back for the right reason, brethren. There's a bad way, as we're going to see also. But Luke, uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 7 this is called the Song of Moses, and, and, he, and he's uh, given this song to Israel, and they've been freed from their sin, and, or, or I'm sorry, their slavery, uh, and, uh, which was a result of their sinfulness, but, but they've been freed from slavery, and they're being led towards the promised land. And so he tells them, remember the days of old. Consider the years of all the generations. Ask your father, and he will inform you, and your elders, and they will tell you. And so he said, there's a time to look back. There's a time to remember those things, brothers and sisters. And, and you know, somebody says, we've got to look back in order to know how to go forward. And, um, and there are many good things that we can look back in the past. I'm, I'm hopeful, brethren, that every one of us can look back over this past year. Um, and, and, and Moses, of course, was talking about going further back than that. But, but I'm, I'm hopeful we can look back over this last year and say, you know, I made some progress in some things. Maybe didn't get as far as I wanted to, you know. I would have liked to accomplish more and done better, but I did do some things and, and some good things, and, and it's good to do that and to look at that, okay? Um, the, the study of history and of the Bible is simply a looking back, isn't it? You know, the Bible in the New Testament talks about looking at the things in the Old Covenant so that we can learn from those things. God told Israel repeatedly to, quote, remember. If you just take a concordance and look at the word memory or remember or some form of that word, it's in there several times where God reminds Israel to do that. He reminds us to do that today because, brethren, we tend to be forgetful, right? 
I mean, it's just easy to do that. I say to my wife sometimes, she'll say, well, you do so-and-so for me. And I say, sweetie, me being the per- near perfect husband, I'll be glad to do that. However, I need you to what? Remind me. Why? Is it because I'm just plum doofy? Well, you know, y'all may not want to answer that. But no, it's, you just get busy, right? I, I mean, there's all kind of things that, that, that just kind of choke us out, as the Bible said we looked at earlier today. And Israel was to remember the Sabbath and the Passover, okay? Um, and also, in the New Testament, we're to remember, as uh, Paul tells the, I'm sorry, John tells the church in Ephesus, actually Jesus, John writing it down, therefore remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. He said, you need to remember some things now. Remember that and get back to your first love, right? And, and so, brethren, we need to do that. The Bible talks, in, and we, um, we would say very often, talking about the Lord's Supper. And 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five is one of those verses that we quote a lot. We have it on our table, and most churches do, that you do this in remembrance of me. And, and so we are to be reminded, and that's a good thing, you see. 2 Peter 1, verses 12 and 13 tells us this. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. Peter said, I've already taught them to you. You know them, but I'm going to keep reminding you, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you, I consider it right so long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, meaning this physical body, to stir you up by way of reminder. So, brethren, there's times we do need to remember. There's times we need to be reminded of the commitments we've made and, and, and of our service to the Lord and the way that we need to be growing in Christ. Um, brethren, a lot of preaching is reminding, isn't it? A lot of preaching is the preacher setting up your Bible class teacher or whoever and saying, yeah, now, brethren, we need to be doing this. We know that already. We know the things we need to be doing, the things we don't need to be doing, and, and yet we need to be encouraged and reminded of that. So it, it's good to review the gospel. It's good to review our lives. It's good to look back and say, okay, where did I make some progress? Where do I need to make some progress? We can make a, I don't know if you want to call it a summary of our accomplishments, you know, um, where I need to make, uh, where I have uh, improved and where I need to make perhaps some areas that I need to improve, you know. Now, brethren, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, and there are times when it's not good to look back. We uh, remember Lot's wife, right? Teacher was talking about Lot's wife one time in, in her second grade class, and she said, she said, Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. He said, I know what you mean. My mama looked back and turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> but, uh, but, brethren, did y'all get that? Oh, that was supposed to be a joke. I don't, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, is, you know, why did Lot's wife, Luke 17, 32, Jesus says, in talking about in retrospect and remembering, he, sa- he said, you remember Lot's wife. Why are we to remember Lot's wife? Not in a good way, brothers and sisters, because she wanted to return to her former sinful way of life. That's what her looking back was all about. She wanted to go back to the, the, the area that God had sent angels to drag them out of. And, and so we need to be careful not to do that, brethren. I'm afraid sometimes that we Christians talk about our heathen past in such a way that it sounds kind of appealing to some of our young people. And, brethren, we need to be careful not to do that. You know, we, we need to be careful not to look back in that way. Uh, you know, and uh, so we need to be careful. 
and uh, and look back in the in the right kind of way, in the way that will help us to reflect and to say, this is what I've done, and this is what I want to do, and I, I'm going to go move forward from here and do better. That is retrospection, and then there's introspection, and as we said this morning, this is the hardest part, right? The introspection means to look within. That is the self-examination, right? That's appraising ourselves, taking stock, and that's hard to do. Rather than human nature is it's easy for me to see, uh, you know, somebody else's sin, right? It's easy to say, well, that Joey or that Ken or that, you know. It's easy for us to do that, right? But, but it's, it's a little harder, as we said this morning, to look at that man in the mirror. And, and that's what introspection does. It doesn't look at anybody else. It is a self-examination, and in that we need to look very honestly. It needs to be an honest appraisal, not overblown and not underestimated. And we, and we as humans can do both, brethren. We can kind of underestimate the things we need to improve in and kind of overblow sometimes the things that, that we have done well. And so it needs to be an honest appraisal, okay? And, and we need to look at both our strengths and our weaknesses, our, you know, um, our, our, uh, how we're growing in Christ, how we maybe not are growing in Christ as much as we should, our good habits, our bad habits, our ongoing sin, the sins we're overcoming, all those things we need to look at. The Bible tells us to do that, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, and this is, of course, again, uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper. But in doing that, Jesus says, let a man examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. Um, we need to, that is a self-examination. I can't examine any of y'all for you. I can't say, uh, okay, now what I'm going to do is that I'm going to examine Kyle's heart before he takes of the Lord's Supper. Can't do that. We got, it's got to be a self-examination. And, of course, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the verse we looked at this morning in our test, in our text, I'm sorry, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize that this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Well, then that's one test we surely don't want to fail. So he said, that's the introspection, brothers and sisters. And sometimes that is a rare process, isn't it? And there's two reasons, I think, why. Maybe more, but two main reasons. One, as we mentioned, it's painful. How many of us put off surgery or something because we know it's going to be very painful? We know we need to do it, but we don't want to because of the, the, the hurt and the pain that we're going to have to go through. Brethren, we did that uh, introspection in this congregation. We've been doing that for a while. We've looked at some things, and we, and we looked at some things that were, that were hard, that was painful. <clears throat> but they have blessed us by our <clears throat> willingness to do that. Um, and so then one reason we don't want to do it is because it's, complain- it's painful. And the second reason is because as human being, again, our nature is, it's very easy to become complacent and satisfied. It's really easy to say, well, Brother Green, I'm doing better than most, or I'm not doing as bad as so-and-so, so I'm okay. You know, I, I mean, it, I'm, you know, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere there, and that's okay. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. And so we don't do that, that introspection like that the way that we need to. Well, then Christians need to constantly be doing that. You know, someone had said, how would our souls look if we had a, a video of them, you know? We're all about social media in this day and age, you know? What, what, if, what if your life, your entire life was all of a sudden put on live screen, you know? <laughs> oh, that might not be too funny. Would we be ashamed? 
Wouldn't it make us kind of blush if our friends were to see it? Would there be parts in there we just assumed they not know about? I'm, I'm sure there would be. I'm, I'm, I'm talking from experience. Robert Burns uh, wrote you many, many years ago in his old English style, and I'm going to try to translate it, but he said, Oh, would some power the gift give us to see ourselves as others see us. It would free many a blunder. It would from many a blunder free us and many foolish notions. Isn't that the truth, brethren? You know, that's that, that's that introspection is looking at ourselves very honestly. Now, how do we do that? We, we, we've admitted it's hard. Um, we look into a mirror to see our face, right? That's how we want to see how our face looks. We want to see how if we're dressed right and that sort of thing. We look in a mirror. It, it's just a habit, brothers and sisters. I'm kind of a people walker. You can go in any store. We were in Coles, you know, for the after Christmas sale, and they got these mirrors all over the place. And, and I, I mean, you watch. You watch man, woman, it don't matter, young person, older person, you know. Can't walk by that mirror. Can y'all just walk by it? I mean, I watch a whole lot of people, and, they, and they'll be going by, and they'll go, you know. You look in the mirror. That's how you know, brethren. Well, what does the Bible tell us to do? We need to be willing to do that spiritually speaking, right? Um, and so uh, James, we see this in James 1, 23 through 25. This is our standard, brethren. This is, this is the what we look in. This is our mirror. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, but once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Brethren, we need to look in the mirror for a reason so that we can see that, quote, natural face and fix it up, okay? Um, that's, our, that's what we need to do, okay? Our, our hearts just may not be right. Acts 8.21, they talked about that, you know, um, that some people's hearts just not right. Well, and, and we need to know that. So we look in the mirror of God's Word, and we let it be our standard, and then we go from there. And then the third one, brethren, is prospecting. Um, do y'all ever watch that show on TV called Bearing Sea Gold? What are those, what are those toys that I watch it, buddy? Okay? What are those folks trying to do? What are, what are they called? What would they have been called in the olden days especially? Prospectors, right? What does a prospector do? They're looking ahead. They're looking forward. They haven't found that gold yet. They're looking for it. That's their goal. That's what they're pushing toward. And, brethren, obviously, we need to have the retrospection and the introspection we also need to have the prospect we need to look ahead look forward the bible <clears throat> tells us to do that in fact we don't have time this evening to look at all the different verses about that but brethren we 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 need to look at the past so that we can learn from that and then move on we don't want to stay in the past i i, I just find too many people that do that it, it bothers me when some you know we talk about the lord's church sometimes they, well you know we need to get back to the old paths and they'll quote that verse from, is it Isaiah? Getting back to the old past. And I used to think they meant back to the restoration movement. And I have found through experience that most people that say we need to get back to the old past are talking about the 1950s. Well, brethren, they're gone, okay? You know, we're in 2020. And, and so then we have to deal with today. So there's the prospection, the looking ahead. And that's what a Christian's life really should be all about, as the Bible says over and over again. We ought not to linger too long on the path. Israel had their flesh pots in Exodus 16, 3. Now, brethren, these people have been freed from sin or slavery, and they're heading to the promised land. 
to get houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, olive orchards they, I mean, just take it over. And and the sons of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. He hadn't done that at all, but they got a little upset, and they they said, we want to go back to slavery. That's ridiculous, isn't it? But so many people do that. And Lot's wife looked back with a longing to go back to her former lifestyle. And that's why, of course, she was turned into a pillar of salt. Somebody said, they wonder if they ever found her. I said, no, she became a salt lick, man. <laughs> All the wild animals and the cows and everything, anything along there, man, <laughs> they done licked that woman up. Uh, but anyway, brethren, uh, you know, remember Lot's wife. And then Luke 9, 62, Jesus says this. Uh, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. He said, you, we got to plow on, brothers and sisters. we got to press ahead. Um, and you know Philippians 3, 13 and 14 talks about this, okay? Paul says, brethren, I do not have, regard myself as having laid hold of it. Yet he talked about the, the spiritual relationship that he wanted to have in Christ and that he was, had suffered the loss of everything to gain Christ and to know him. And, and he says, it's a journey. And he said, I haven't laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. See, there's a time to look back. There's a time to reflect. But then you need to learn from your lessons and move on. And he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But that's our whole life. The Bible talks about running that Christian race, running it with endurance, finishing the race, getting to the goal line, getting to the end, not setting our minds on the things of the earth, but the things in heaven where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We're not to love the world and the things of the world, but that we're to to always be seeking God and his kingdom first. So it is a a looking forward, brothers and sisters. Um, It carries the idea of purpose and planning, of, of, of commitment. This is what I'm going to do. We sing that song sometime, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so, brethren, what we need to do as Christians is to try to see ourselves 10 or 20 or you young folk 50 years from now. I don't think I'll be here 50 years from now. (sighs) If I do, I'm going to run around in my wheelchair and give Helen a hard time. (laughs) No. Uh, No, I wouldn't do it. Um, but rather, you know, we need to really look at that and say, where do I want to be then? Where do I want to be in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years? We do that in our, in our business, don't we? We do that in our home life. We do that in our goals, you know, our career, our retirement, or whatever. And that's good. We need to do that. The Bible tells us to do that, brothers and sisters. But, but at the same time, we especially need to be planning for our eternal home in heaven. Um, individuals in the church should have the same plans for the future and that is to get to heaven and to take as many people as we possibly can with us amen we need to do that brethren now in conclusion and uh, you know we need to the Bible says that we need to look away from the world Paul says he looked forward to that crown that he was going to receive one day uh, you know all those are motivating factors in looking forward uh, you know and, uh, and the Bible says in Hebrews 12, too, about Jesus, he endured the cross. How? Because he, uh, for the joy that was set before him. He was looking forward as well. Now, brethren, we need to do these things. 
there needs to be retrospection, there needs to be introspection, and there needs to be prospection. But all three of these require one more word, and that is per, uh, let me see it right. <laughs> yeah, you got to sweat. Perspiration. Did I say it right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, perspiration, you know. So, uh, uh, my, my daughter, who's a little English scholar, when she was in high school, I was talking about some woman sweating, and she said, uh, she said, no, 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 Daddy. She said, men sweat, women perspire. I said, honey, I've seen women down south. They sweat. You know, but, uh, but brethren, we do, you know, and that's what it's going to take. It, it requires hard work, brethren. There's no two ways about it. Paul says in the book of Hebrews that, 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 that we need to be careful uh, to, to maintain and to press forward with what we receive so that we do not drift away from it. It's real easy to drift. Easiest thing in the world. All you got to do to drift is quit paddling, right? And, and, and so you've got to do that. You, the Bible said, as Paul said in Philippians 3, we've got to press forward. He talked about it's hard. It's going against the current. It's going against the tide. And it's going to take a lot of perspiration. Let's understand that, brethren. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. It's the best life to live and the only way to get to heaven, but it's not a bed of roses. It's not easy. The Bible, Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation. So, brethren, we've got to be determined. We've got to be determined to keep going forward. And, and not to turn around, and not to put our hand to that plow and then look back, so to speak. Let's be determined, brethren. I, I, I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate the progress you've made in your individual Christian lives this year, or in 2019. Now, let's make this year an even better one. Each year should be a, a, a springboard to go on to even greater things for the Lord. And let's be determined to do that. And, brethren, I want to challenge us all year for every one of us to bring one soul Christ what if we did that every one of us every man get a man is the acronym that means you women too man in the generic sense okay every man everyone get a mankind let's do that let's be determined let's be praying about that let's be talking about that let's be looking at who who's in our circle of friends and loved ones and neighbors and family or whoever that's lost and of course they need the Lord and let's be determined to take that to them that's my lesson. We offer the invitation for anyone that may need to respond while we stand and sing.